the Coverage Genius Podcast. What's up, Genius Nation? I hope you're all doing well. My name is George, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Coverage Genius Podcast, where we meet and learn from amazing Asians from around the world. In this episode, we get the opportunity to speak with someone who makes a living playing video games and learn about their exciting world of pro gaming. So, are you ready, Genius Nation? Well, then let's get started. Genius Nation, welcome to the Coverage Genius Podcast. I'm really excited today because I have the privilege of introducing to you someone who makes a living off of playing video games. Yes, that's right, a pro gamer. We now live in a world where this is actually possible. You know, back in the day, this would have been a pipe dream for me. So I hope you guys are excited. Because I know I definitely am. So, without further ado, I'm thrilled and honored to introduce to you pro gamer extraordinaire and friend Emma Cho, also known as CLG Emmy. Hey, Emma, say what's up to the Genius Nation and share one thing that people may not know about you. Hi, Genius Nation. Um, I was thinking about this. I guess... Uh, since I'm a gamer, not a lot of people think that I'm very athletic, but when I was in middle school and high school, I played a lot of basketball and I was, I was pretty good at it. So yeah, I just have a sports background and uh, not a lot of people know that about me. Oh, wow. So what, what position did you play? Um, so when I didn't grow after <laughs> being in uh, being in high school and everyone else was growing around me, uh, I switched from being uh, a center to a small forward, and you know it was it was fun. It was still fun, but then I eventually stopped because uh, I started playing more video games and I just wasn't growing as a human. So yeah, <laughs> awesome. So Emma, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, so I am twenty years old. I grew up in Tenafly, New Jersey. It's a, a small town in uh, New Jersey. Uh, it's a very interesting kind of town. When it, it's like 50% Jewish Americans and 50% Asians. So it was a, it was a, it was a cool crowd. Um, I started playing sports when I was younger, like really young. I think like my dad got me into soccer and then t-ball and then from that it was basketball softball and tennis tennis I wasn't really good at I'm sorry for all you, all you Asian fans out there I'm really bad at tennis um and uh like some stuff happened in my life that you know wasn't too good and that's when I actually turned to video games and uh from there I just started 
playing a lot and then I got signed and then I'm here now. Wow. I mean, like coming from a sports background, I'm sure you were really competitive. And I think the, mm-hmm. transi- the transition t- into, uh, you know, online gaming seems to be, uh, seems it would be a natural one. How did you really, though, get into that? I know you said that something happened, like wh- you, without going into the specifics, can you maybe share how you, how you just made that, you know, switch over to online gaming? Um, so I actually have to give a shout out to my brother, Grayson, Grayson show. He's a, he's gin, ginsify or something on, he has a lot of aliases, but, um, so he actually went to college and when he went to college, he left behind his Xbox 360 and I played on that every single day for like a year and just grinded block ops Two. That is my favorite game of all time. And from that, that's what like sparked like my competitive side because, you know, like there's league play in that and it's just, it was just such a good game. And then I just went through all the call of duties basically from there. And then when infinite warfare came out, a really bad COD game, uh, I switched on to uh, PC gaming and that's when my friend like said, Oh, you should play counter-strike. And then I started playing. Okay. So you got into gaming and, you know, this is something that you, you're doing as a, as a career. How did your parents react to you when you, when you told them that, Hey, this is something that I want to do because, um, you know, I don't know Asian parents these days, but <laughs> when I was growing up, if I said that to my parents, I would have probably been disowned or, you know, beaten or something, <laughs> right? How did your parents react when you said, hey, mom and dad, uh, I'm going to do this for a living. Um, so my dad is probably the most supportive human in my life. He's supported me through everything, uh, especially my gaming. Uh, when I first told him about like my first uh, like tournament in Call of Duty and I won, he was so excited. And when I told him that I was getting tried out for a professional team, he was just ecstatic. And I was, I just knew like I would get that reaction from him. So that was great. Um, My mom, on the other hand, she is more of a stereotypical Asian mother. Um, You know, just wanted me to keep focusing on my studies and, you know, giving me tutors for SATs and making sure like I'm just like on the line to go to college and stuff like that. Um, so she wasn't too fond of me sometimes skipping school to uh, go to tournaments. Uh, she like it, it took her a little while to get warmed up to the idea of me uh, playing video games for more than like an hour a day. I have to play video games for like at least like six, seven hours a day now. Um, but when she saw that, like it was making me happy and I was actually able to go to tournaments and uh, get paid and have like 401k and stuff like that. She, she started warming up a lot. Now for, for the parents out there who have kids and who are thinking about going into gaming, can you share a little bit about how your parents and specifically your dad um, has been supportive of you? Like what has he done to actually show you um, his love and support? Um. So my dad basically gave me uh <laughs> like all the 
like encouragement that I needed to keep going. So whenever I would feel down or something, uh, he would just tell me to keep practicing, just have fun. Um, he got me my first laptop when I was a kid to play Minecraft. Like he, he himself was a gamer. So he just kind of, uh, let me basically do what I wanted to do. Um, as long as it was making me happy, obviously there are some cons about that. Uh, but he basically just wanted to make sure that I was happy. And I, I know for some parents, you know, that could be a little difficult because of course you want your children to be happy, but you also want them to be successful in life and you want them to go to school if that's, you know, what the usual route is. Um, but yeah, he just, he did everything to just make me happy and make sure that I was feeling comfortable where I was. Um, and I guess that that's, that's the best advice I could give for this scenario. Just make sure your kid is happy. Awesome. So let me bring you back a little bit, uh, into your history and, 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 um, maybe if you can share a little bit, uh, your, how you approached, uh, participating in your first tournament, what was it like? Um, what were, what feelings and emotions were you going through while you, you were preparing and then what you felt when you actually won? Um, my first tournament, I didn't act. Oh, oh, my uh, first tournament in Counter-Strike or my first tournament in like Call of Duty? Uh, your first tournament where you where you won the whole thing. Oh, OK. Um, well, I think I'll talk about like winning my first LAN event like. a Yeah, um, I, I'm pretty sure that was WESG in China in 2019 and. Oh my God, that was a crazy event. So like my, my mom and my brother flew to come watch and it was like a really terrible, like 18 hour flight or something. And, uh, when we got there, it was just a crazy experience. The Chinese are just so like amped about gaming. So there was just a huge stadium and we had, uh, we had like, different booths for us to stay at when we wanted to come and watch the other games and you know they pay for hotels and food and everything like that so it's just it's just a crazy experience um I was super nervous though because we haven't won a tournament yet uh at the time and I was just trying to keep myself grounded and make sure that I was just feeling good and confident because that's all you can do when you're when you're playing at land events and um when we won, it was so surreal. I think everyone on my team just looked at each other and we were like, did we actually just win that? And it was a 100K prize pool. So we won 60K from that. Wow. And it was just a crazy feeling. Just, I don't, I don't even remember half of what I was feeling. It was just, it was just crazy. It, it felt like time was flying by in that moment. Now, this was what you, I guess you were part of a professional team, right? When you went to go play, is that correct? Yeah. How does one get to be part <clears throat> of a professional team? Like, do you get scouted? Um, do you apply for it? How does, how does that work? Um, so for, it's different for females and males. For females, 
basically, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of, uh, competitive female players that actually like grind the game and stuff, or at least just in comparison to males. Um, so what I did was I played on this website called ESEA and basically everyone looks at ESEA statistics and it shows you your KD ratio, your headshots, uh, just like everything. And, um, I think I'm pretty sure I got noticed by the former head coach of CLG red and he looked at my stats and he said they were just like really good. Um, even for like a guy who's really consistent. Um, and yeah, I guess if you really want to get scouted, um, for a team, you just got to put yourself out there. I think for, for females, it's just play stream, get to know other female players. That's like the best way, uh, to get noticed is to network. And for guys, uh, same thing, but I think trying to grind into higher leagues, um, trying to get into hubs that only, uh, really good players can get in that will get you noticed and also streaming your game because then people can actually see how you play, how you, uh, communicate with your teammates, uh, and yeah, just social media presence, I guess, because, you know, no one's going to know that you're there. If you don't put stuff out there. I mean, you great. You, you definitely mentioned some great things and we'll go into that a little bit later. But I, you did mention something about the male to female ratio in gaming. And you mentioned that there are not that many female gamers out there. How does that feel to be in that type of environment where there are not as many uh, female gamers as males and you being probably or you are like the, one of the top players in your game. How does it feel um, and what responsibilities do you think you may have um, towards uh, your segment? Um, so I, I really do like how, um, how at least I, I've been treated uh, by the, my fellow males in the community, uh, there's a lot to learn from these guys that are just so much better than you. And I don't, I don't really know why, uh, guys are just better at video games. And I mean, I'm definitely, don't get me wrong. I'm better than a lot of the guys in, uh, in gaming, but, um, sure you are. <laughs> um, but there's just a, a higher level that no, uh, like no female has ever gotten to from uh, like where the males are right now. Um, it feels interesting knowing that I'm not as good as them, but it gives me a bigger motivation to keep working hard. And, you know, if it's not me, that's going to be, uh, you know, fighting against like the top, guys uh i know in the future i'll be paving the way for some some young girl to come up and be like oh i can do this and she'll uh, be the first and so i guess right now my goal is just to keep paving the way for all these young gamers on the come up and showing them that this is a fun job and you could do it and it's possible and um yeah Great answer. Great answer. I definitely do believe 100%, 150% that it's possible. And then, you know, like when you're talking about, you know, there are some, you know, better players than you, how do you train? Like, how do you train 
Um, and I mean, the obvious answer is probably like playing, right? But uh, there's also strategy involved, I'm sure, in playing mm-hmm. this game. Um, so how do you train and strategize um, when you're preparing for an upcoming you know, tournament or, or battle? Um, so it's different for each player. You always try to um, try to work on your weaknesses more than your strengths. Um, for me, I kind of I try to work on both because it's it's really good for me to keep uh, my aim up. That's like my main thing. That's why I got picked up on this team because they just know that I'm a nutty fragger and I'm just able to run out and just shoot heads. Um, but I also watch demos of better teams to see, you know, what certain players do in my positions, uh, different reactions to different play styles. And, um, there's a lot of, uh, like POV reviewing. I record all my, all my games so I can go back and review it and see like what I did wrong, what, what I could do better in some scenarios and stuff. Um, and I do a lot of aim training, like, uh, there's different, workshop maps that you can do in counter-strike that um like just help you with your tracking like tracking um your mouse on different bodies and stuff like that just to make sure that your aim is is on point and there's also like flick shot shooting i don't really need to do that i'm pretty good at flicking just in general so i don't do flick shot aiming um and then just death matching which there's other players in the server with you but basically, you you can just go forever. You can just keep respawning and shooting, and then uh, yeah, that's like a that's a good way to practice like recoil training, and um, yeah. So so when you say you know you're strategizing, um, can you you know share with the audience what actually is Counter Strike, and maybe a little bit about like the the gameplay that is involved. So that, you know, because there, there may be people who don't even know uh, what this game's all about. Sure. Um, so Counter-Strike is a game where there's five players on each team. There's two teams in a game. And uh, there's two sides that you can start on. So you can start on T-side, which your objective is to either plant the bomb or kill the rest of the team. And for the other side, counter or CT side, <laughs> um, your job is either to defuse the bomb that the T is planted or to kill the the whole team. Um, yeah. Okay, so like when you're working on a team, obviously communication is very important, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, how were you always good with communicating with other members? How have you found communication uh, working for you and how have you improved it? Um, because like you said, in this gameplay, you have a specific role or maybe each, each member of the team has specific roles. How do you, how do you find yourself communicating, especially in an environment, which is pretty intense, I would say, right? Because it's just Mm -hmm. constantly going for a certain amount of time and there's no real, uh, opportunity to just pause and see what's going on. Um, so I, I wasn't always really good at communicating, especially when I first got picked up on the team, I was, um, you know, I would just play the game as a solo, basically. So I wouldn't really worry about what I was communicating to my team. Um, so everyone that was on uh, the starting roster when I was there, they taught me how to make sure everyone knew what I was doing, what I was seeing, any information that I was gathering. Um, just 
really basic stuff that I didn't know. And now uh, I'm really good at just letting my team know what I'm doing. If I want to make a play, who I want to make a play with, if I need a, if I need utility somewhere, um, if I notice that they have a tendency, I'll let that, I'll uh, tell my IGL or my in-game leader that information so she can form uh, a strat around that. Um, and for communication, for just even like problems in the team or criticism and stuff like that, I also had to learn a great deal. I, I was always a really quiet player. Um, I wouldn't really want to speak up. Uh, if like someone was making a mistake or if I was feeling that something was wrong, I would just kind of keep that inside. And now um, the communication on my team is really good. Everyone knows that we just all want to get better. We just want to get the team better. So if there's criticism, you know, say it, we'll work on it. We'll help each player out. That's all we want to do. And if there's an internal problem, like uh, we, we notice that a player isn't working as hard, you know, we'll talk about it and it's a really open and friendly environment. And I think that had to go through different evolutions just because there were different players on the team at certain points. And I think right now we have the best like team dynamic uh, just when it comes to uh, relationships within the team. We're all best friends or basically family. Um, these girls are like my sisters. So um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's been a journey when it comes to communication. So, so would you say that your team is now kind of like a, your support group where uh, if you're going through anything, even not related to gaming, they're there for you? Oh, yeah. So I live with um, two of my teammates in the same building right now. Um, you know, I, I, had a, I had a couple days where I felt like really bad, like sick and stuff like that. And I had to get my second COVID shot. That made me feel really bad. And, you know, they come over, they bring soup, they bring anything I need. It's it's a blessing and, you know, vice versa. I mean, uh, whether it's like, I don't know, Goose Breeder, who's my other teammate, or Diane, who's my other teammate, um, we coordinate if we want to bring something over or just make them feel better. And we everyone knows that we're all here for each other. So if uh, anyone needs to talk, you know, our apartments are open. We can all just chill, watch some Criminal Minds together or something. And uh, it's it's great. It's really amazing. Awesome. So can you share, what is a typical day like for Emma Cho? Uh, Emma Cho? What do you do? On, a, on the daily and do you do it like every day or do you do it like a couple times a week what is it how is your day or maybe even how is your week how does your week look like um so my week is so my work schedule is sunday through thursday and usually it's from six to ten every every sunday through thursday um for the past like i don't know year i guess we've um really focused on our server time together and just making sure our uh, our strategies are just like well run and everyone knows what they're doing so we always have uh, a time in, in the day for that every day um and we usually have three scrims against other teams for the rest of the day just to work on our uh like play out what we actually worked on um and then after that, I usually just hang out with some friends online and then go to bed and then wake up, make coffee, walk my dog. And, uh, 
you know, sometimes there's a little splash in there with me dying in goose and Jen going to H Mart or something and eating the food in the food court because that is so amazing. I love H Mart food. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, I don't really know. Every, every day is kind of different, I guess. You know, some days I want to do something else. Some days I want to like go for a run to the park. Um, I had my friends over for a couple of days and, you know, we went outside, we threw a football around at the, at the park close by. We went to Dave and Buster's, we went to, um, an escape room. So it's, it's, it's different like every day. I think you speak to an important thing about, of like work life balance, right? Like you can mm-hmm. work so much, but what will happen? You'll, you'll eventually burn out. So it's yeah. great to have a support group that's close by you where you guys work together, but then you also guys play together, relax together, throw football around, play video games, other types of video games or whatever it may be. Eat mm-hmm. at H Mart, H Mart. If you want to sponsor her, you know, let her know. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but seriously, it's just putting yourself in a group of, and you don't need many friends, right? It's just like that core group of people who know, uh, who, you know, have your back, whether it's in work or, um, mm-hmm. you know, and things that are not work related. So that's, that's really wonderful to hear. Can you uh, share one experience that comes to mind where you were in a jam and you had to figure a way out? Um, for gaming? For gaming or anything. A jam. Hmm. Well, I mean, there was a point where, I wanted to quit Counter-Strike and move to this new game that came out called Valorant. Um, I felt really burnt out of CS because I was just grinding every day. And this was just like a new game um, with new experiences. So I was um, I was feeling really conflicted when we had our player break. And I let the team know about that. And um, I basically just played a lot of Valorant um, and kind of burnt myself out of that and just showed me that you know even if i don't want to play counter-strike at that moment like that's my game i want to play this game for as long as i can um and sure of my teammates being so supportive of me just making sure that i was happy because they didn't want me playing a game that i wasn't happy in and also just uh playing the actual game and realizing that it's just not really for me I think I was able to get out of that and now I'm more motivated than ever to get my team to premiere and keep making history because, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we already made history, but you know, we want to break our own records. So yeah. Continue to make history. That's awesome. Um, but is counter-strike the only focus of like the only game that you play? Are there any other games that you're kind of thinking about? And if you are, do you have to, like, what would that process be? Would you have to find another, another team or um, how does that work? Um, if you know anything about that. Um, so if I were to stop playing Counter-Strike, I, I network with a lot of people. I know a lot of people in different games. Uh, the game that I probably would switch to is Valorant. Um, and I have a lot of former teammates that actually play on professional teams for Valorant. So they've always expressed to me that I have a spot on their team if I ever want to switch. And uh, so, yeah, it's pretty, 
you know, it's it's pretty a safe bet if I if I ever want to move to games because I I have a lot of friends just in a lot of other games other than Counter Strike. Networking is very important, everyone. Yep. Yeah. So, what guidance could you give to someone who's thinking about pursuing a career in gaming? Um, I guess just make sure you love the game because if you love the game that you're playing, you could just play all day, go to bed, wake up and just be excited to play the game again. And that's honestly how you're going to get better. Just keep playing. And, um, you know, just if you don't have support from like your parents or anything, try to get some support from your friends because honestly having support is just, it's, it's the thing that keeps you going when you're feeling down or you're, you're, you're doubting yourself and um, try to keep a balance in your life. I didn't do that very well. I kind of strayed away from school and just decided to focus on video games. But in the end, you know, I, I kind of regretted that. Um, so yeah, keep, keep a, keep a balance in your life. Nice. So what's the future look like for you in the next year, three, five, three years, five years, what's your plan? Where do you want to be? Um, I guess since like the age range that you, you know, aren't really your best kind of ends at like 27, 28, I don't really think I'll be playing this game while I'm 27 or 28. Hopefully, um, you know, I made all the memories here and when I was young and I'm able to, you know, maybe stay in gaming either as like an analyst or a caster or even as a coach. But I don't know. I've been thinking lately that, I mean, I have been binge watching Criminal Minds and, um, you know, criminal psychology just looks really cool and interesting. And I've always been super fascinated about, you know, serial killers and uh, just like what in their mind makes them do stuff like that. So I might even stop gaming and go to school just to you know, poke my brain a little and uh, just see another side of the world that I haven't seen, you know? Well, if it's, if that's what you want to do, I'm sure you'll be very good at it, uh, considering you're awesome at what you do and what you put your mind to. And I just want to summarize a couple of things that you said in this interview um, that I think really stuck out with me. Uh, the first thing was being confident, right? Um as a female game player, there are not that many uh, female gamers uh, as in comparison to male gamers. But, you know, that really didn't stop you. You really were confident in what you were doing and what uh, and how you were playing the game. And you put yourself out there, right? You shared your gameplay so that others can see um, and criti criticize you and kind of critique you to see, you know, give you advice so that you can become better. I think another thing that you mentioned, which was really good, and I think you'll probably use this throughout not only your gaming career, but any, any other career afterwards is, is networking, right? Networking um, gives you options. It not only gives, gives you options in the current game that you're playing, but also any other type of type of game that you may want to play. Um, and I think that's really great. Uh, another thing that I thought was really awesome to hear was just um, your explanation about having that support group and open communication with uh, not only the people you work with, but most times 
people who you work with become your friends as well. And being able to balance the work-life relationship. Um, and communication is such a big, important part of that just because you, if you have a support group around you that you trust, that you know, you can share anything and they'll be able to give you feedback or give you any type of advice or things that you need to help you become better. And the last thing is just love what you do, right? Have that passion. If you're going to go into gaming, love the game that you're playing, right? You can't just go into mm -hmm. it. There's big, uh, big, big time dedication, right? You play right. how many hours per day? It's crazy, right? The amount of hours that you play. But it's not crazy to you because you love it so much. So I think those are some really great points that you mentioned. And um, as we come to the end, I want to give you the floor so that you can share whatever's on your mind. Maybe it's a piece of advice or any type of lesson that you'd like the Genius Nation to learn. And also share with us where um, the Genius Nation can find you on social media and how they can support you on this journey of yours. And then we'll say goodbye. Okay. Um, I guess one thing that I really want to say is, uh, you know, going throughout this interview, I kept coming back to family. Um, you know, family is everything. And I, I know for some people, you know, parents, siblings, it could be difficult. And if you can't find family there, like you can find family anywhere, like with your group of friends. I know I've met my second family here with my teammates and it's just so important to be able to have that love in your life and to be able to share these experiences with other people. And I guess, yeah, just really prioritize finding your family and making sure that you appreciate them and support them and, and love them. And yeah, that's, so yeah. Family yeah. is definitely important. And Emma, where can people follow you uh, so they can uh, see what you're doing uh, on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, so I use Twitter mostly. Um, my handle is E-M-Y-Y-C-S-G-O. Uh, pretty simple. I usually will respond to any messages that I get on there. You know, if you want any advice, if you're feeling down and you need someone to talk to, I'm always there. Um, you know, if you're from the the Genius Nation, you know, let me know and I'll say hi. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Everyone, that's Twitter. Her handle is E-M-Y-Y-C-S-Go. And Emma, I just want to thank you for your time today. I know you're busy. I know you're probably going to um, you're about to start your work day. Um, you're getting ready for it. So I'm going to, you know, root you on, keep, uh, doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. And, uh, I just want to thank you for your time today for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Coverage Genius Nation, we're at the end of this episode. If you hung around until the end, then I want to truly thank you for sticking it out with us. I'm just beginning my journey into podcasting, and I'm sure there will be a lot of mistakes made 
and a lot of lessons learned. But I'm also sure that if you stick along with me throughout this journey, you'll definitely get something out of it. Trust me. And if you haven't already, please like this podcast and subscribe as it helps get this podcast out to others. And if you know someone who you think would be great for the show, send us an email at coveragegenius at gmail.com with as much info as possible and maybe we'll reach out. Hey, you never know. So thanks for stopping by, Genius Nation. This is George saying to you, I'll see you next time.